Hey Gators, it's Taya. And I'm Sam. Welcome to the Swampcast. We hope you guys enjoy. Thank you for coming. Like and subscribe if you get a chance, and let's hop in the video. Now the most monstrous creation of all, the return a turn a turn a turn. <laughs> I am the greatest alive, yeah. I am the greatest alive, yeah. I am the greatest alive, yeah. Hey Gators, welcome back to the Swampcast. This week we're here with Miss Palmer. It's the last podcast of the year. Uh, we don't know who's going to be doing it next year. However, I'm sure you can look forward to new episodes. Uh, Miss Palmer, how are you doing? I'm good, Sam. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm sure there are many people in our school who might not know uh, how much you do and how involved you are within our school community. Uh, from being a part of SHSM to Huddle Up and much, much more. How would you say we can encourage people to get involved in the school and what is the best way for new students to integrate themselves easier for next year in their new high school journey? So in terms of just getting involved in um, secondary school life, I would definitely say don't be afraid to join anything and everything that opens up. Reach out to student council, um, huddle up. Any of those members that are currently there would be glad to kind of help you out in terms of the things that are available at the school. An easy way to kind of get involved in school life, um, you know, who knows what next year is going to look like, but is, is sports um, and extracurricular activities in terms of clubs. We offer like tons of sports throughout every single season, fall, winter and spring. Um, there's a ton of different clubs um, that you can get involved in, in terms of like huddle up. Um, in the future, um, SLAM, Student Council, um, you know, there's a bunch of clubs that just started, Girls Empowerment Club, which is awesome. So definitely look into those. Um, make sure you have an idea of what's on the Student Hub that was started by Student Council this year as well. There's tons of information there that you can view. And if you have any questions, of course, you can come to any of the teachers. The teachers would be more than happy to um, help you find a place to find, you know, your fit, your flock at Wilson. And I know some people are, you got like your little lunch dodgeball, you got like the hockey, like there's so many options for you to join into anything you want, really. There's something for everyone. Absolutely. I know like the library um, sometimes runs like esports even too, right? So um, there's lots of things for you to do. Um, next year, we're going to have a lot of students in our building. So it's going to be really important that lunchtime, you look for something that maybe encourages you to learn something. There may be some lunch and learns that you can go to. Um, and who knows who's going to be in that room. You could maybe meet a new friend that you never even know you connect with because they have a similar interest as you. So um, I think the biggest step for new students at Wilson would be, you know, step out of your comfort zone. It might be scary, but taking, you know, safe risks in terms of trying something new um is part of growing as a student and growing as a human being and that's something that i think all teachers would attest to is just the importance of trying to join something at wilson it helps with the school community and it'll help you grow in the future yeah for sure and especially like you said before when you go to these clubs and you find new people uh you start talking to them you'll realize that a lot of the times when you meet people at places that uh, you wanted to go to in the first place you'll tend to find people who are like-minded or very similar to you which Usually that's how you find your best friends. Yeah. And even on the flip side too, um, you know, you might join something, you might go, this is just not for me. Right. So we've had girls who came out to lacrosse in the past that had never, ever played lacrosse before. And they found out that they absolutely loved it. And there was other girls that played and they were like, mm, you know what, this sport's not for me, but I had a great time and it was a great experience. But I just know that maybe music is my thing now. So it's all part of kind of growing as a human being and learning what your strengths are, what your interests are. Um, and those change as you get older too. And that's absolutely fine. Um, but I think it's important that you have a chance to kind of discover that. All right. So we have asked a couple of guests the question of what skills they felt they learned from this year's modified school year and all the new obstacles we needed to overcome. Do you feel like you've been able to learn anything new from this COVID year? And is there anything new that you started over quarantine that you will most likely continue once everything goes back to normal? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, I am somebody who believes in lifelong learning. So for me, I always try to find something kind of new and different for myself to learn as I grow. Um, so this year during quarantine, I uh, took up like most people sourdough baking. <laughs> 
um, some bread, uh, had some really big fails, uh, <laughs> learned from those fails and uh, continue to grow from those. Um, I'm sure my family really loved all the taste testing that had to occur. In terms of something else I learned, um, I continued to learn some new ukulele songs, something kind of fun, different than I maybe people might not know about me. And then in terms of learning something new from the experience of COVID and quarantine, I would say um, I kind of learned about my own resiliency as a person, um, the value of human connection and maybe not taking things for granted in terms of like being able to go into a building every day and seeing those people that you really love and care about. Um, I think the biggest obstacle uh, for Wilson on a whole was just trying to, and the teaching staff and the, and the students community as well, was trying to figure out a way to um, bring some normalcy into the classroom and into school um, while still addressing those like health protocols that need to be there, but still being able to provide some normalcy and some programming um, that students could get a lot of enrichment from. So whether that was, you know, in the science classroom, you know, tweaking how we provided lab experiences um, so that kids could still participate in those. In phys ed, you know, trying to follow those health protocols was difficult managing, but we tried to overcome those obstacles. Every single thing came up. It was like, okay, what's next? Rather than I give up, right? So it's, oh, I hit an obstacle. Um, now I'm going to think about maybe what I can do to overcome that obstacle. If I can't figure it out, I'm going to go to somebody who maybe has some more experience than me or maybe has other experiences for me to help me. Um, that was a big thing was like, the, I think this year alone, the collaboration amongst the teaching staff was immense. I'm sure the collaboration amongst the students was immense as well, maybe more than ever in the past because we had to in order to overcome some of the stuff that came up. So I think for me on a whole, um, lots of new things that I learned definitely during quarantine. Um, but the biggest takeaway, I think, for myself was just my own personal resiliency and the value of recognizing those around you and, and, and really connecting with them. That was my big thing. I think that's definitely something everybody takes for granted. And before, um, you kind of just expect, okay, tomorrow I'll be in school. Tomorrow I'll see this person. I'll see this person. But then once all that stuff gets taken away, just out of the blue, some of us didn't know how to react to that. Some of us didn't know how to uh, cope with it. And some people found it really difficult. So I think that is something that um, everybody, if they haven't already realized that they've learned, I think that's an important skill that we've all learned to deal with is you may not always get to see the people you want to see when you see them. However, I think uh, it's important to still take time and take the effort to reach out to them and talk to them, uh, see if you can safely meet up with them. Mm -hmm. Just the little things, basically. Yeah. And I think, you know, for you guys, what was for you as a student experiencing some of these health protocols that were in the classroom, what was sort of the big thing that you had to overcome? Okay, this one's kind of weird, but I, I'm i a big yawner and I would always yawn in the morning and then it would get my mask wet and my mask would be like different shades of blue. I know it's like first world, but that I found that very, very annoying that you, it would be able, it looked like I was crying. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not annoying. Something that's kind of it sounds funny, but sometimes I felt like you ended up having to teach yourself a class a little bit more than usual. So I found I just had to teach myself in a different way that I was being taught. Um, and I think that's, I think it's helped because I feel more prepared for university and stuff. I feel like that's the biggest thing for me. I think a lot of students um, could reflect on that and definitely agree that maybe their independent work skills has like increased a ton, right? I think that's um, a lot of the feedback that I've been hearing from students and teachers and parents is the increase in independent work has um, been a lot, but it's been maybe good growth um, for a lot of people, right? So um, definitely makes it learning a lot harder when you don't have access to your teacher quite as easily in person. But if anything, it um, maybe changed how we interacted and it definitely encouraged you to really learn those independent work skills and then what worked for you as a learner and now you can take those moving forward yeah and like if I'm being like completely honest like it took everything in me for those online tests and online quizzes not to have like a hidden piece of paper like mm -hmm. not right but I'm like 
it's not going like if I do that, I might like that might help me now. But in the long run, like I won't I won't be able to do that in university. So it took like everything uh-huh. I need not to do it. By the end of the year, I got it. I'm like, nope, I, I studied, I'm good. But that was I know a lot of people were like, oh, I'm home, I'm online, I can just cheat. And I'm like, what are you gonna do in university now? You haven't studied for like a year. Mm-hmm. Probably forgot all your studying tips, right? So that might be another challenge. Yeah, I think that sort of self-discipline aspect is something that takes years to learn. Like adults like myself haven't even conquered the self-discipline thing. You know, making mistakes happens. It's part of who like human nature. But I definitely think the fact that, you know, encourage some self-discipline, some independence um, this year is maybe a good thing for students, especially when they're looking at um, post-secondary opportunities, right? And there's pathways for everybody. Um, So some students might not, uh, or maybe have gone through this experience and realized like, you know what, this isn't maybe my thing. and, And that's absolutely fine but there's always a pathway for those people. So I think um, it's, this is maybe one of, I mean, it's a historical event, right? This will be something that's in the textbooks and hundreds of years later, it'll be something that's reflected upon again um, and again and again and again. But I think that this is something that maybe helped us all as a population or as a society grow. Historically, we can reflect on previous pandemics and, and see how those pandemics cause people coming together. And so I think, well, this has been tough for everybody. It's been really hard to overcome adversity. And it's, you know, we can't experience, expect to know everybody's experiences from this. It's also important to kind of give ourselves a pat on the back that like we've made it through it. And hopefully, hopefully we're better for it. And I think if we perseverate, which means just like consistently look on something and get stuck on it and talk about it all the time, nonstop, maybe we're not looking into the future enough to realize, you know what, like this happened, I'm dealt with it, I'm dealing with it currently, but I can at least be excited for what's coming, right? I think it's important to really think about like, you guys are graduated through this, like that's amazing, right? Our teachers talk about how your class is kind of like the class of resiliency. Like you guys went through a whole extra year of this in your grade 12 year. That's a lot. And so I think um, the word resiliency for sure comes to mind and overcoming adversity for your class. And I think that that's something that will always be your legacy as a group that you will continue to use those skills that you learn from this time way in the future, way in the way in the future when you're married, have kids or not, right? You'll still use this. You know, I'm sure Taya would say the same, but uh, I would say our huddle up t- team had a very successful first year. Uh, however, knowing this was only the first year, what can people expect from the club next year in terms of maybe new things that they have planned or uh, carrying on some things that we've done, tried? That's a hard question. Um, I always have things sort of tucked in the back of my head about what we could do. Um, unfortunately, like a lot of this is what ifs, you know, we, we plan for X, Y, and Z, <laughs> you know, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Um, so we do have several plans or things kind of in the works, hopefully for next year that we'd like to do. Um, it, we just need to go ahead from hopefully the health department, COVID needs to move aside um, and we need to be able to move forward with it. But, um, you know, if we're in a virtual environment, we'll probably do similar initiatives again, um, like a similar idea to the wellness week. We will continue with your uh, baby, the swamp cast, because I think that was a big hit. You know, we'll continue with the locker room episodes to get um, some representation from within our school visible. And then we'll also probably do, hopefully if we're in person, fingers crossed, um, some intramurals at lunchtime, um, maybe run like a giant spike ball tournament at night that's glow in the dark. Uh, We'll see. So we have lots of little things kind of in the works moving forward um, that hopefully we can do if we get approval. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's kind of what we can kind of expect from the group moving forward. I think the biggest thing is just uh, continuing, you know, the speed and the growth of which we started this program. And uh, hopefully the class that's stepping in into your shoes is willing to step up to the plate now. So I would think that most people that know you probably realize how much you enjoy sports. Is there one that you seem to enjoy the most and what keeps you wanting to continue it? That's such a hard question. Um, I do. I love sport. It's a big part of who I am today. Um, For me, 
I mean, lacrosse will always be my, probably my sport, the area that I love the most that I'm closest with, you know, it gave me a lot of opportunities. It provided me with a lot of amazing female mentors um, that are strong, strong females in my life that have pushed me to become the human being that I am. Um, some are teachers within the Durham District School Board and some are coaches um, from around the world um, or referees from around the world that I um, still would consider to be my mentors today. Yeah. So I, I would say maybe lacrosse is my favorite sport. Obviously, I'm partial to hockey as well, playing, you know, hockey growing up as a, in a pretty high level. And I think sport is just such an important platform. It's a great way to live um, a healthy lifestyle, you know, encourages us to move into our 80s and 90s. As we get older, you can see those pickleballers up at Heber Downs all the time. I just think it's one of those things that it provides such a cool way for people to connect to each other, um, whether it's across the globe or not. That's what the Olympics are meant for. It's a, a, a place where people who maybe can't find success in other ways get a chance to show their strengths. Well, the Ability Center is a great place to attest to that um, in Whippy. Um, you see all people from all different walks of life going through that building and living a healthy, active lifestyle all the time. So I think sport is such an, an, an important um, aspect of life that as a phys ed teacher, we're partial to try to get students excited about and involved in. And it doesn't have to be um, a team sport. If you're somebody who just wants to do, be out active and healthy and fit, you can get involved in swimming or running and track or like tennis, individual kind of base sports. That's fine too. There's a lot to be said about learning sort of those soft skills in sport, right? How to fail, how to overcome adversity, how to take feedback from coaches and other players, right? Learning how to play with other people and their strengths. Okay. What, where do you good at? Here's what I'm good at. Like here's, here's how we can play and connect on the field. And I think a lot of times that those skills that we learn, we hear parents talk about all the time, but we don't, we don't talk about enough. And so, um, yeah, I think I have a love of sport. I will always have a love of sport. I'm a very competitive person. <laughs> um, and that's my way of getting the competitive nature out <laughs> on the field. But yeah, what about you guys? I know both of you are super athletic and involved in sport as well in our school community and outside. Why do you think sport's important to you? Um, well, I think kind of like a lot with, with what you said, with the connections, like I know with my rep volleyball team, like some of those girls are like my family. Like we just run away for like a little family friendly, like girls weekend away. Like I'm going to be friends with them for probably years and years to come. And like with school, not only with the players, but with the teachers. And it's all about making those connections. Cause in grade nine, you were my, I don't know, were you? <laughs> I was a student teacher for you in grade nine. Yeah. <laughs> I've never actually had you as a teacher, but maybe if we didn't kind of have that connection in gym class there, right we may not know each other and that i might not even be here right now doing this because we didn't have that connection then i had like miss hardy and miss Moore mm -hmm. and all the teachers and then all the other volleyball players and it just opens up doors and doors and doors and all these opportunities yeah um i would definitely say too there's something to be said about like being part of a program whether it's inside the school or in an extracurricular activity um for me personally i went to linwood university um for lacrosse and they just won the national championship this year so the alumni it was a big deal for anyone who went through the program when they won because it meant that we kind of won as well um, and the coaches reached out to us um, to say that because you're part of a history you're part of a program the development of a program um and that goes to show i think that's you know it can be applied here with huddle up it can be applied with any sport in wilson you know volleyball whatever if you've been part of a program at Wilson, um, you will continue to always be a part. That's why, you know, in graduation, it's, we say the see you later gator instead of goodbye, because the expectation is that, you know, those alumni are coming back saying hello um, and that they're historically part of the program. That's why we put the pictures in the wall, because it's, you know, not something that happens and then it just disappears. It's it's a legacy that's left behind. Like It's kind of cheesy, but like when a lot of people say it's like family and it is because a lot of times people join sports or teams to kind of like get away from the real world for like two hours or something, right? So then 
Like I would have practice eight to 10 p.m. Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, and I'd get away from my real world. I'd go, I'd talk to them. We'd have fun, we'd play, and just a chance to go. And we just had fun. And it's like, it really is like a second family. Everyone's like cheesy, but it is. And I think, you know, that culture is created from the ground up from you yourselves as teammates and the coaches creating that culture too. But I think that sort of naturally happens when you're committed to a sport that you absolutely love and you eat, breathe, sleep, that kind of, you know, feeling of being a competitor. You know, you make a lot of sacrifices growing up. If you want to be a really high level player, you know, I can contest that as a coach of Team Ontario for those girls, you know, they are sacrificing a lot of their personal time that maybe they would get with some of their friends from school because they're on the field, they're in training, they're putting in time and effort in the classroom um, to get to where they want to be in their goals. And, and that sort of creates a separate family to the one at school that they have because they're so close knit because they know the sacrifices that they're making for each other, not just for themselves, but for each other. And I think that helps and goes a long way to creating that culture that you're talking about. So I would also say, um, I think something very important that it's taught me is accountability. And it's something people don't necessarily think of coming directly from sports, but I know with every sport I've played, yeah, I've played Soccer, hockey, lacrosse, I played rugby, it's, um, especially with team sports, not so much individual sports, but uh, I always find a sense of pride in holding myself accountable to uh, put on a good performance for your teammates. You know, when you play home games at uh, school, you want to impress your home crowd, you want to do well for your school to uh, make everybody proud. So I think that accountability of showing up to practices early, showing up to games early, showing up prepared, going and doing work by yourself when no one when nobody's watching just so you can show up to the field and uh, be good for your teammates uh, and be able to uh, perform for everybody else and I think that also transfers onto the future because you know that's already instilled in you so you know uh, you have a job and you want to be accountable yeah, absolutely. Right. Like these are all these soft skills that we were just talking about. So you've talked, touched on accountability and supporting each other and making sure you're there when you're saying you're going to be there. Right. Taya talked about like this notion of family. So supporting each other, positive atmosphere. You know, we've talked about sacrifice that you're making like off the field to perform for your teammates on the field, for yourself on the field, setting goals, right? Maybe you have goals that you want to achieve and you're you know, working towards those goals. These are all things that students will use moving forward in the future that, you know, maybe right now it's hard to see how those would be applicable. And you can be like, yeah, like I could see how they're used, but you don't actually actually see it until you're in it. And as, as a, an adult now, I could tell you literally some of the skills I used yesterday, this morning, right? Um, writing an email, like you use some of those skills that you don't even realize you're going to use. So definitely, I would say as a phys ed teacher, as a coach, as a teacher, like a sister, a friend, I would suggest to anybody that um, sport is a life skill. It's kind of a lifelong journey. And if we can instill that into our population at Wilson, then great, we've done our job. What you're saying, like in volleyball, there's a lot of things that like you can't control, right? Like mm -hmm. you pass it and the ball hits the ceiling the other team gets the point you can't control how low or how high the ceiling is because it's different in every gym you can't control which rep you get like I remember at the end of the year like if you made a mistake you everyone's like, oh I'm sorry my bad and my coach was like stop saying sorry like just stop so then we came up with this thing where we're like who cares like you do a mistake and you say who cares and then you just have to let it go because if you just dwell on that you're not going to be able to move past which I feel like also applies to life like if you're just stuck on that one thing you won't yeah. be able to move forward right you, you can control some things not the other. Who cares? It's one point. Move on. Get the next one. Kind of. Thing. I um, sat through a really amazing um, webinar with a sports psychologist, and one of the things that they talked about, they were sort of three rules that was instilled. One of the major ones they talked about was they had everybody in the field put a little circle on their hand, and the girls, if something happened, they would click it and say, "Okay, flush it down." They would flush down the toilet mentally, right? Like, "Okay, it's gone. We can't do anything about it. It happened really quickly." 
huddle up, talk about it, and then go out and change it. We can't do anything about it. There's no point in fighting about it. There's no point in perseverating on it. Or you talked to this idea of perseverating on a concept and let's look to the future and figure it out. Like what's our next step? Who can we talk to? Coach, what can I do? Right. Where did that girl come on the field? Where did she come from? Like who wasn't picking up that player? Right. These are all things like actionable items that you can control. Um, just like your attitude, you can control, but you can't control what's going to happen. Unfortunately, like we all wish we could, but it's just not part of life. We just have to figure out what's the next step because of it and just flush it down and move on. Yeah. I think that's also something else that people don't necessarily think of coming from sport is just learning how to deal with situations that are like constantly changing because mm -hmm. like Tay said about volleyball, you never know uh, how high the ceiling is going to be. You never know. Uh, if the ref's going to be good, there's so many different variables that can come into play. Rugby, you don't know if the field's going to be good. You don't know if the wind's going to be blowing north, west, south. You don't know if it's going to be blowing crazy fast. In soccer, you don't know the same things. You don't mm -hmm. know if the field's going to be good. Uh, in the pool, right? The pool, like depending on what lane you are and you're racing, yeah. right? Like all of that, all of those environmental things that happen on the spot on the day. That's why like pro athletes go to Colorado way in advance. They Olympians go and train where the Olympics will be for a year because of the fact that the environment is different than where they trained and they try their best to prepare. But, you know, a cyclist doesn't know that their bike tire is going to pop all of a sudden, right? The, a runner doesn't know that they're going to take their first step in a hundred meters and pull up because they tore a hamstring, right? So these are all things that happen, issues, environmental factors that we can't control, but what we can control is our actions moving forward from those, right? Yes, um, you can be upset, but if you pers perseverate on what happened, on the issue, on the adversity that you were just talking about, the environmental factors you were just talking about, Sam, then there's like, there's no way you've already lost, right? It's important for us to learn. It's not a skill that you get right away. It's a skill you acquire for us to learn how to change our thoughts and how to um, move forward from things like that. Yeah. So I know I kind of already asked about next year's Huddle Up, but uh, as much as we all enjoyed this year of Huddle Up, uh, what are you looking forward to in terms of long-term growth of the program within our school community? If I'm talking real long-term, the ultimate goal would be as, as an anti-bullying program, as an inclusion-based program, you know, you walk through the hallway and it has an environment now where it almost feels like the program doesn't need to exist anymore, even though that's not the case, right? Like where it feels like you've, you pass off the torch enough from grassroots all the way through where you've built this culture of upstanding, of including, of role modeling from the grade 12s and 11s down for the grade 9s and 10s. So if it ever came to a point where it felt like, you know what, huddle ups it down our job, then that to me is like a pat on the back. We've gotten to where we want to get to. In terms of major events or things, um, I think a lot of it is student-led. And so in terms of events and things that we want to see way down the line, I would say that that's all in the future based on what the students want and what the student's voice says. Um, because the issues change as the students, you know, change, right? Like, you know, 10 years ago, maybe not 10 years ago, but 20 years ago, cyberbullying wasn't a big deal because was there a cyberbullying platform? Like, <laughs> right? As opposed to now it's different. So you have to meet the needs of students where they're at. And, and that's why I think it's important to have student voice. Um, so in terms of where the program would go in the future, you know, I think a lot of that would be dictated based on the needs of the student. Um, but ultimately, for me, my ultimate overarching goal would be that the environment at Wilson is such a positive place and a, a place, a welcoming place for the teachers, the staff, the students, you know, the school community as a whole is healthy and supportive and safe. Yeah, like I feel like Wilson has like a lot of students that are very strong and can voice their opinion and mm -hmm will always be there for one another. And I was the peer tutor for a grade nine girls gym class. And already I can be like, oh yeah, like if I need someone to stand up for me, you're there. Oh, if I had to pick someone right now for huddle up, you yeah, but like, and they're still shying because they're grade nine, but I'm like, like, I don't know if it's Wilson or like, I, it just creates this environment that make the kids seem so like 
strong and independent and can do anything. And I think that's part of the culture, right? Like if you believe that and you set high expectations for students to meet and you believe that they can meet them, they're going to. It's just naturally what happens. It's what we as educators hear all the time that we need to be doing. Um, and if you as a senior student believe that, you have these high expectations for your junior grades um, and you believe that they can meet those expectations, then of course they're gonna step up to that because they look up to you. So it's funny when you say like, I can see that those sort of characters already being fostered in the grade nine student. And that's because you've role modeled those, you know, characteristics for them to see and they're thinking oh like she's really cool I could totally be like her when I'm older right in four years I want to be where she's at I want to be peer helping in grade nine I want to be you know involved in huddle up I want to be on the volleyball court and so for them to have sort of um, a leader representation that they can see and mimic in themselves helps to foster those characteristics all the way through I'd say the same thing it's like I feel too like because of how successful we are I know it doesn't always come back to sport but in a way it does especially in a high school community but I feel too, because we have such like a diverse amount of teams and clubs and all this stuff, everybody feels like they have a way to be included. And when you, have, and when you feel included in the school, um, you have the opportunity to voice your opinion amongst your peers and talk to people who you might not have heard their opinion in the first place. We have started a community in our school. We've always had it that everybody deserves to be heard, whether you are uh, the star athlete on a team uh, you're just a member of a club. Everybody deserves to um, have their voice heard. And like Taya said, I think, especially the teachers being willing to listen to this and not, you know, take some things as criticism necessarily. Mm -hmm. And I think that also encourages our students to want to do better for our yeah. own school's sake. Um, a lot of that's called action research. And so what that means is the teacher goes in and asks the students, hey, you know, I did this awesome lesson with you. Um, it's my first time trying it. How did it go? Do you think you learned something? Do you feel like you got the big idea from today? Like, let's go back and review those learning goals. Did you hit them, right? How do you know you're successful? Those are success criteria. That's what those are for. So then once you're able to go, yep, 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 or mm, no, we need to change this. As a teacher, you take that research, the little chunk in the classroom that you did, and you pull it out and you go tweak it, right? And you um, change the lesson you did. You change um, maybe what, maybe how do I want to teach this concept different? Or do I need to reteach it again, right? And um, I think that's part of being a responsive teacher. Um, but I also think that's part of being a responsive school community, right? It's not just in the classroom. It's also important for um, us as a club to go and see, okay, we did this initiative, Pink Shirt Day. You know, what did everyone think about it? Did it, was it helpful? Was it not helpful? Um, you know, the school climate survey is a great way for us to do that and get that data because from the data we can pull like, okay, like we had a great Pink Shirt Day. Now they want to go, now what? Right, so after Pink Shirt Day, like what are the things that we can do afterwards? And we kind of touched with that on the exit, yeah. exit meeting that we have. You know, as educators, yes, we can do all the work you want, but it means nothing to us if it's not meaningful for you, right? It has to be meaningful for you and the way we make it meaningful is for you to give us feedback. Um, and that's why we talk about, you know, relationships in, within a classroom, like peer-to-peer -peer relationships or student-to-teacher relationships. We're gonna learn alongside each other. We're gonna maybe tweak things as we go, figure out what works for each other, what doesn't. And then from there, hopefully we have a product that um, we feel is like our best. We've checked off our learning goals. We've hit the success criteria that we wanted, right? That's important. Uh, thank you, Ms. Palmer, for talking to us today. You had some great answers to our questions. I'm sure everybody will be very excited to hear from them. Uh, and thank you to everybody who's listened to our Swampcast this year. Thank you to everybody who supported us. I'm sure you can expect big things from it next year, but for this, uh, it's the enemy and Taya being the host for it. So thank you all for listening. We're excited for your future. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Thank you for being awesome leaders and leading an amazing culture at Wilson. You guys have done a really amazing job at the Swampcast, and I'm sure the two that step in have some big shoes to fill, but I'm sure they're ready for the task. So thank you again for everything you two have done to show some leadership in our school. You will be there missed. We do our best. <laughs> thank you, everybody. We'll see Bye. You we hope you guys enjoyed, and thank you to our guests for coming. We appreciate the view. Please like and subscribe if you get a chance, and we'll see you in the next one. See ya!